everyone. Welcome back to Corn to Norm for episode two. Hi guys. It's so nice to see everyone. Well, not see everyone, but uh, hear everyone again. So this episode is kind of going to be a little bit of a deep dive into getting to know Liv. So I think we're going to kind of take a little interview style, but our new thing is going to be that we're going to start our episodes off with highs and lows of the week. You want to start? Yeah, absolutely. So for those of you guys that do not know, um, it was really warm in Chicago this weekend. So I was able to get out and start my marathon training, um, hitting one of those new year's resolutions right out of the gate. Um, I have been running a little bit, but not too much. And I ran eight miles, uh, which was, I think pretty impressive. Right. (laughs) But, um, so I was able to do that and it was pretty warm outside. So that's my high. And I think my I think my high is going to the basketball game. I sat in the student section. It was super fun. I I feel like I always forget how much I really do love basketball. It's very, I feel like out of character for me, but I love sporting events. So I think that was definitely my high this week. Lowe's? I think a low would have to just be like getting back into the week. I mean, I had an extra day off. I had Monday off. So starting Tuesday thinking it's Monday and saying that to my students was a little bit embarrassing. Um, They were like, Miss B, but it's, but it's Tuesday. And I was like, it's okay. I know. I know. And then I made sure to say goodbye, happy, have a good rest of your Tuesday. And they were like, oh, you remember now. So Yeah. (laughs) I think for me, I'm going to have to say the low is the weather right now. I really just don't love when it storms. I don't know. I'm just not a big fan of it. So I think I'm going to go with the weather. I think I always get headaches when it's like storming out. So yeah, no, it's been pretty chilly. I mean, compared to the weekend, I would say this has not been a pleasant surprise. Mm -mm, For sure. I was really beginning to think that groundhog was wrong. Me too. (laughs) I wish. Um, so do we want to jump, jump right in? Yeah, absolutely. Perfect. So, uh, I'll give you a little bit of some, I guess, brief history of Liv. We're obviously going to be talking about her childhood growing up in the city, um, and her successes in college. So Liv grew up in Chicago on the North side. Um, I don't want to give too much away, but I think the first thing we should talk about is maybe your background. So Liv's, both of her parents are from Poland. I'll let you kind of give their story, Liv. Yeah, no, absolutely. So for those of y'all that don't know, I like to say that I'm the product of immigration, but not in like an immigrant per se. Um, but I grew up in a household where we spoke two languages. Polish was my first language. So I was able to, um, well, I now know how to read, write, speak, and listen in both languages, which I am really grateful for. Shout out my mama and tata. They were um, really instrumental in ensuring I could speak and read and write and do all those things in both languages. I uh, grew up going to Polish school. Every Polish kid knows their worst nightmares waking up at 9 a.m. to go to Polish school for like five hours for 12 plus years. But I've come looking back at it to really be thankful for those experiences. My roommates hear me talk about it a lot, but I think I really came in tune with who I am culturally and also really became appreciative of the like the fact that we have a lot more opportunities here in America and stuff like that I would say I don't know Zoe give me a question I'll kick off from there <laughs> yeah so your parents both 
moved to America in their adult life, correct? Yeah, they both moved here in their early, late 20s. Uh, they're a little bit apart age-wise, but um, they both moved to America. They did everything on their own. So they really are the epitome of picking yourself up by their own bootstraps. If you can ever see a cliche or a saying right there. And for that, I really admire them a lot. I think not a lot of people um, know how to pick themselves up and move somewhere really far away from their family for at a really young age and kind of start to explore something really new. And I think that taught me a lot about what it's like to really pursue something you really care about and become someone you really want to be. They really made a name for themselves um, and they've experienced experienced a variety of different successes. Um, I mean, my mom graduated school in America. Um, they both also did not grow up speaking English. Of course they had school, but they didn't grow up speaking it. And now they're like fully ingrained in like society here. Uh, of course we still have our little um, nook and cranny um, within the Polish community, but that I learned a lot from them because of that. I think it taught me a lot about who I was and I will not lie at first. I was really angry with them. I think I was really angry with the fact that I had to go to school on Saturdays. I wanted to be like everyone else almost and um, kind of have those experiences of going to those birthday parties on Saturday or going to that random sport that everyone wanted to do. Um, I didn't really do sports growing up until I really started swimming. Um, come end of middle school, going into high school. So I was a bit of a late bloomer when it came to the sports and a lot of people have debates about that. But um, so that was very annoying I think at times growing up and looking back I like have a lot of regret that I lashed out on my parents so much what ended up bringing your parents to Chicago just you know land of opportunity everyone also pull uh for those of you guys that don't know uh Chicago has the second largest um, population of Polish people outside of Warsaw which is uh Poland's capital so um it's a big hub of Polish people. We have a big yeah. Polish National Alliance. You have a parade that's in May. <laughs> yeah, because they didn't they didn't know anyone, correct? I knew there was, I mean, I obviously knew there's a big Polish population. So I guess give me some more uh, details. Like, what was it like growing up with immigrant parents? Or what was it like, you know, I think having Polish as a first language, I obviously I only, or I guess it's not obvious, but the only language I speak is English. So that's something that I think is really interesting to me. I mean, I think it's just the cultural differences. I mean, I ate radishes for lunch, um, which for those of you guys that don't know, they're red and inside they're white. They are a vegetable. They are spicy, according to some people. <laughs> but um, so like I had that in my lunchbox. I had these delicious sandwiches and all I really wanted growing up was just some Uncrustables. I still have yet to try an Uncrustable. Um, believe Never had it. an Uncrustable? Oh. <laughs> but um yeah no and then, I mean we had that and I mean like I grew up eating a lot of uh Polish foods our close uh network and like surroundings around us is um very much so Polish so a lot of my friends growing up were uh from the Polish American community a lot of them actually uh their parents were best friends with my parents in high school and still are into adulthood um and the kids are my age. So it's kind of really nice to um, kind of continue on the tradition almost per se. Um, and I mean, what can I say? I mean, there were times where it was challenging, obviously. Um, 
I mean, um, when it came to school, people didn't really understand necessarily the differences. I went to a private school and at times it was like a private Catholic school. So like we were really religious growing up and at times it was just very challenging, I would say, just because a lot of people don't really understand the background. They don't understand maybe why you act a little bit differently or why you are a little bit differently because of uh, how you grow up. So definitely struggled a little bit. I will not lie. I was on the struggle bus really hard for a while. Uh, We've mentioned, Zoe and I have talked about it a couple of times and I've definitely had my fair share of almost mean girl experiences, but looking back at it probably was a blessing in disguise because I learned a lot about myself, learned a lot about figuring out who I am. And then I don't know, just not listening to what other people have to say. I think I really stepped out of my shell end of like going into middle school, like seventh and eighth grade. That's when I like went to a different school, surrounded myself with new people, finally became like an athlete, all those things. I'm kind of going off topic too. So I'm going to jump back to Zoe and Zoe can <laughs> shoot going forward. Yeah, I guess. How do you think, I mean, you've already talked on this a little bit, but how do you think that, you know, growing up in the city, I think, I feel like that must be an interesting dynamic where you're, you know, you have this small Polish community that you know a lot of people in. And then like the contrast of living in the city where there's so many people and so many different backgrounds. What was that kind of difference like? I mean, I think you meet people that are good and people that are bad. I think that at times I felt like I was dealt a short end in like the, I don't know, it's like the, the, it's like looking for a needle in the haystack. And I think living in a big city, um, you kind of, you kind of remember that like you doesn't really matter what you think doesn't really matter uh who you are because end of the day um there's so many people um but i think like having that close knit community growing up was really really nice to have some grounding within somewhere so big and somewhere where you didn't necessarily know everyone i mean that's a big contrast not a big contrast but like a bit of a contrast compared to you and we'll talk about that next week when we interview zoe so Zoe, like you, you had like a little bit more of a centered community. I would say like for us, you go to as many, you, there's so many different school options for high school, for uh, middle school, for grade school, for elementary school, for preschool even. Um, and within Chicago themselves, we're just so uh, split into different communities. Um, like there's a little Poland and there's a little Ukraine and all those little places. Um, and so I think, I think it's, it's kind of nice because you get to see a bunch of people and you get to experience also different people that you wouldn't have necessarily, um, met if you hadn't been in that kind of environment. So I think that for that, I'm really grateful. I mean, I'm getting better at public transit now. Also, I think we have to mention the elephant in the room, the fact that I was really lucky when it came to transportation in high school. Um, So kind of having to do more of that on my own now that I am in the city has been um, a challenging. The bus does not like to come on time. Um, But I mean, I take it with a grain of salt. Um, You know, I know I'm getting better with my... um, cardinal directions that much I can say I know which way is east and west now um like I already did it but (laughs) I guess yeah what else what else was interesting about growing up in the city I mean like I'm from a smaller area so it's obviously it's just different than how I grew up so can you give me a little bit more information about that yeah absolutely I mean I would say the big thing is just people like I think I really I don't even want to say city. I want to say just Chicago because I 
love Chicago. I love my home. I love where I'm from. And I don't think I would have had a chance to experience the things I did growing up if I didn't have that. I can imagine there's so much to do. So, okay, let's dive a little bit farther into your swimming career. I know we touched on it a little bit, but you said you started swimming kind of towards the end of middle school, right? Yeah. So I started swimming in, well, I learned how to swim in fourth grade. And for those of you, I actually had someone ask, what are we going to talk about on this podcast? And I think uh, someone mentioned that they really wanted story times, but I can say that I had the worst experience at a birthday party in second grade. I did not know how to swim. This girl knew how to swim. I was terrified of the water. I was stuck on the shallow end all by myself the entire time. And um, after that, I asked my mom to sign up for lessons. I slowly started to learn. I got a little bit better. I'm lucky. I picked it up pretty quickly. Um, I swam locally and then eventually joined a team that I really came to like. And I think that's kind of where I really branched out of my shell. I mean, I would say, and I attribute a lot of my ability to be successful is my, I attribute my ability to being successful uh, through athletics, specifically through swimming, because I just really met so many people. I also was able to really challenge myself in ways that maybe the classroom necessarily didn't. I am not a swimmer, so swimming is not certainly not an expertise of mine. You did which event? I did. So I did breaststroke, and I am. So I did. Uh, <laughs> so I did the stroke, the frog, which is like the relaxed one, yeah. and then I did I am, which is all of them. So fly back, breast free. Um, those were my events. I swam in high school. Um, those were just like the things I wanted to do, and then eventually dabbled in a couple other ones, you know, for fun, but not really like full time. Um, and I mean, I had my fair share of early morning practices. We had our 6 a.m.s. We had uh, during high school season, we had our 6 a.m.s when clubs started and we swam in an outdoor pool. Um, we also had afternoons and I basically lived, ate, breathed swimming for a good all of all of my high school basically i <laughs> for those of you guys that don't know but the sport itself you need to have crazy i don't know commitment because if you take one day off everything is literally spoiled so i did the same did did that every single day i mean i missed a lot of fun events that i probably could have gone to my actual first homecoming i ever attended i went to practice beforehand and my hair was wet so i look like a little wet dog um, in any photos which none of you will ever see um, but i looked hilarious but i really wanted to do it i cared about it a lot i really yeah was excited about it. So you started swimming in eighth grade. So that's what several, I mean, several years, five, six years. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So it's a lot of years. It's, um, and I still do it now. I, I do it for fun now yeah. though. It's less okay, of, a, you, you, yeah, I was gonna say, as far as I knew you didn't swim competitively anymore. No, I mean, I did club in college and like fun things like that, but I never did. I never ended up swimming competitively in college, um, which I mean, I regret at times, but I think that without those experiences, I mean, I got to meet you guys. I, I mean, I got to meet you because I joined a sorority because I wouldn't have joined a sorority without you. Um, so, yeah. Interesting. I didn't know you. I didn't know you started swimming. I don't know why I thought it was so young. I don't know why I thought it was like younger. 
No, no. And I mean, like, I think that's just because I'm going to toot my own horn. I'm pretty good at it. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. That was the next thing I was going to ask is I know you've had some successes, like flex on yourself a little bit. Yeah, no, just a little bit. I don't ever, I'm for those of you guys that don't know, I'm really shy. Um, when it comes to kind of boosting the things that I'm really great at. Um, and I was really good at this. I'm not going to lie, but I also don't want to make it seem like this is my whole personality. I mean, I, I, I swam, uh, statewide. I swam nationally. I did all those things. Did you travel for swimming often? (laughs) Yeah, we did like, um, we did like the national meets in Florida and Texas. I even once swam internationally in Poland, um, long time ago, but, um, I swam out of me and that was super great. And I mean, I really liked going because of my teammates. Um, they were some of my best friends. I still am really close to a couple girls. Um, and it, was amazing to have people to share things with because in high school I had my my really close friends obviously but they didn't really go through the struggle that <laughs> the swimmers went through um so I yeah so now I still am close with a couple of them and we always talk about how little time we had yet we did so much and how now we have no time and yet no now we have quote unquote all this time yet we're not we feel like we aren't doing enough. <laughs> Um, that's really funny. So, okay. If swimming wasn't what brought you to schools, tell me a little bit about how you chose a college. Cause I know you didn't start out at the university of Illinois. Yeah. So I actually started at, um, Wisconsin. So for those of you guys that don't know, I'm a trans student. Hey now. And I actually originally went there because I really, I, it was my dream school. Everything was lined up. I ended up rowing there for a little bit. So I got to see the student athlete side, just not necessarily in the sport that I thought that I was going to see it in. And I really liked it. I, I had a great roommate. I had great experiences. I really liked all the girls. I'm still really close with one of my friends from there, but, um, I kind of decided that for my career, since I wanted to be a teacher, and at the time, I really wanted to student teach in Chicago, and I really wanted to do high school, um, Wisconsin just didn't really have that. They didn't have the coursework that I that aligned with that kind of mentality. They also didn't have just the access to the city the way that I needed them to. So, so I made the decision to transfer, and I just really, I was really hesitant. So um, I was really worried about joining a school late into the term just because you know it's you never you never want to join something late and for me I thought that transferring would honestly take me a step back I thought I wouldn't be able to really achieve all the things I want to do at the college um but then I also didn't know what to do so I was between a couple schools all in Illinois based ended up choosing U of I because it was the closest like when it came to like Big Ten, uh, big sports, big uh, big athletics, um, size wise, I've I went to a really small high school. Going to a bigger school for college was something that was really important to me, and I just made the decision to transfer. Um, I didn't tell a single soul at Wisconsin that I made that decision. I didn't tell them until December, so I do really regret that because I should have probably let them know I was not coming back. So I let them know about a week before I transferred, um, which was not very cool of me. I transferred, I locked it in stone, and then I just made the decision and went for it. Yeah. So, okay. So then tell me what happened next. I know obviously a little bit where I come into this story, but tell me what it was like transferring schools. I mean, obviously that's not, that's never something I've done. 
I've started at school and finished every single time I've been one at one. So what was that like? What was it like to, you know, come here and people already have friends? So you actually came into play right when I got to U of I. So I knew a couple people from high school. I went random, met the best person ever. Her name is Mia. If she's listening, um, she was great. Actually, funny story. I thought she had a kid because she has a younger sister and the younger sister was on the mini fridge um, when I walked into the room. And <laughs> <laughs> we talk about it now and laugh, but I definitely, I have no idea what came over me or why I came to that conclusion. But, <laughs> and I'll tell you guys a couple more stories about her sometime in the future. But I, I wanted to, I joined Club Swimming. Obviously I knew a friend there, love her dearly, but I- thought about joining a sorority and I thought about doing Greek life and I wasn't sure where to go. Informal wasn't really that big of a thing then yet. So there were a couple of houses that were offering stuff and I ended up going to find you. I went to this hot chocolate event and I immediately just fell in love with my sisters there. They were super welcoming and opening. I sat in a group of juniors that obviously did not have to talk to me at all. They didn't have to make such an effort and I just felt such an effort with them and I felt like they really wanted me to be there and they were really, they really were really inquisitive. They asked me a bunch of questions about me. They told me so much about themselves too. And it was just the coolest experience. I just immediately felt at home. There's some things that you just know. And with FIMU, I just kind of knew, but per standard, you have to go on a coffee date when you join FIMU. And that is where I met the person that we are talking with tonight. <laughs> Yeah, so that was right after I had gotten my first leadership role in the chapter, where yeah. I was assistant membership director. <laughs> it's so funny now. And I remember being so nervous and they were like, it's going to be fine. Like just, you're just having a conversation. So I show up to this coffee date. I'm like, who is this live girl? I don't know her. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I just joined this sorority, whatever. And we sit down and we're having literally like I feel like we we hit it off immediately we talked for three hours you guys yeah we sat in like the union the student union of our of U of I and literally sat there for hours and I remember us looking at our phones and we were like oh oh uh sorry to keep you we were both just like sorry to keep you so long yeah <laughs> yeah and really soon after that, probably within the next week you joined, right? Yeah. And then I went to my first ever semi-formal. I met my big shout out, Emily. She was the best. Um, The way that Zoe and I had us meet the night before too. Absolutely iconic. I met everyone in my family. We went all went out together. And I still was like, I don't think Emily's my big. I don't think that she likes me like that. Emily and I both met each other when we were ill. We were just, we just both had a cold and we were both late to our like second coffee date type stuff. Um, and I was just not sure she was going to be my big. And then I met her and at our big little reveal and I was super happy and excited. And then I went to my first ever semi-formal. I'd never been to one in at school yet, at least. And I had so much fun. Um, and I was just meeting more people, hanging out. And then COVID happened and I got sent home like three weeks after joining. Yeah. Um, so what was that like? I guess just right after joining, like kind of being, you know, just exiled from everyone. I feel like for me, it was, you know, a little bit different since I had known people for a little bit longer. What was that experience like for you? I, I remember seriously contemplating why I joined a house. I remember saying, I 
don't know anyone. I don't know if anyone will like me. How are they going to meet me over Zoom at these game nights we're having? Um, yeah. Like that. Because no one was on campus, you guys. No one was on campus. And everyone already knows this, but we were all locked down, locked and loaded. Um, and I just, I got really lucky because um, some of our friends, we had like a friend group and we ended up going to a lake house. That's where I really, like, it really clicked with everyone. And um, I was, I think that our friend group kind of got solidified then as well. <laughs> I agree. That's when, I think that's when our friend group really truly formed. Yeah. Was around that time, just because we had four days of nonstop hanging out together, soaking up the sun rays, um, making a bunch of good food. I made a bomb peach cobbler that weekend. I remember <laughs> And there was this, there was this photo of our friend group, you know, the photo of us on the beach. Yes. <laughs> and everywhere that like our sorority, like every time like something like got brought up, like every time there was a graphic or anything like this photo was like the photo that got chosen for it. And I feel like that just for some reason made everyone in the house, like associate us as a group. And then all of a sudden we were. Yep. And flashback two years now we live with five of those girls right yeah yeah. (laughs) I mean the friend groups changed a little bit but overall it's still I mean we're still a solid group obviously yeah no most definitely and I think I think that kind of like threw me into kind of U of I just because I met people and all of a sudden I had someone to go to church with for example Mm -hmm. I had friends to go get coffee with on my love our lovely coffee date debrief catch-ups um I had someone to go on my morning walks with and teach me what I should get from Dunkin' Donuts because I'd never really drank Dunkin' Donuts before then. So shout out Faith because I'm on that uh, caramel coconut, no cream, no sugar type stuff all the time. <laughs> um, Yeah. So I guess how did the College of Education play into all of this? Like what was your experience there once you got here? Um, I think really, honestly, good for the most part. I think that I was just really excited to jump back into, jump into like the career path I wanted. Um, I ended up meeting a lot of really great people. I joined the teaching fraternity on campus. So, um, I served as a member of exec there. So I basically like planned a bunch of events and, uh, things such as that. Um, and I think it was really nice to meet like-minded people that also care about education the way I do. Um, I think often when we think about education, and this is something I actually thought for a while, so I'm guilty of this as well. Um, You think of it as just like what's in the classroom, not really thinking about it outside the classroom. But I had a really good friend of mine uh, tell me that education is, it's what's in the classroom applied to the real world. And it's also looking beyond that and seeing how you can educate yourself um, and get interested in things outside of that. So um, I wasn't really aware of that. I mean, I knew, you, but I didn't really have a word for it. And I think joining that kind of group with like-minded people, you kind of learned a little bit about that. And I found myself really interested in educational theories that I might not necessarily have originally thought myself as. Um, I mean, I know classroom management stuff is pretty taboo. Um, it's also um, something that I think a lot of teachers think they have a grasp on, but I think actually having a chance to 
get to know literature more and talk to people that have had similar experiences that are older than me. Like that was really, really, really great. And I think that that's why I joined Greek life. That's why I joined other organizations on campus. It was for that mentorship. Um, and then what I now am able to hopefully at least someone thinks offer to that, to someone else, just being that guiding light when I felt like I needed a guiding light. So it was come, it's come full circle now that I am older. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Tell me a little bit more about the leadership positions that you've held. Cause I know, obviously I know about your term in fine you exec, but I, and I know you have college or I know you had experiences with your teaching fraternities. Tell me about that. I mean, they're pretty cut and dry. I don't want to, don't want to spoil too much when it comes to sorority stuff, but I basically ran the recruitment end on in our chapter. So I was in charge of organizing uh, the events that uh, new member, new potential members would come to in our house um, and kind of helping pick out who would end up joining our house, which I really like all the, all the little babies that we bunched up. Um, So they were really great. Um, And Zoe and I worked actually side by side because Zoe was our new member educator at the time that I did that. So right after I picked them out, she got, I handed them all right over to her and she was able to (laughs) work her magic with um, was obviously involved in other leadership. Um, I mean, I did PR for um, our sorority. I was on the diversity and inclusion committee. And I also did that through like the wider Panhellenic stuff. And then within my um, teaching fraternity, I organized like event speakers that came to uh, our ha- our um, weekly, bi-weekly meetings. Um, and I really got to learn a little bit about how to interact with people specifically, not only on like personal levels when it comes to people my age, but professional levels when it came to people that were older than me or in more positions of authority than I am. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess and now we're going to get a little bit more personal, but Tell me a little bit about your dating life. I know that sexuality has been something that's kind of been a topic of conversation for you. So tell me a little bit about that, what that looks like throughout college and high school. I mean, I think it's very fluid. I don't want to label myself per se. You know, I'm newly single, obviously. Um, Well, you guys don't know that, but I'm newly single. Um, Just kind of figuring out me. I think um, I spend a lot of time, honestly, and we're going to talk about this in an episode, actually, because I find this topic really fascinating. But the idea of being alone, um, I haven't really done that in a hot minute. So kind of reevaluating who I am as a human, um, where I kind of uh, have my goals and values put towards and like where I'm investing my time and energy. I mean, for me, I think all people are beautiful. And I think that um, there's love wherever you look around. And I, I don't know who I'm going to fall in love with next. Um, I know who I've been in love with before, and it's been both the best and the hardest experience of my life. But, um, I think that, well, not of my entire life, but of my like love stories. Um, and I think that's very fair. I think there's a lot of room for growth. Um, I think that when it comes to me, something that you guys will learn is that I'm really embracing this idea of, um, battling the what ifs. So what if I actually did this? What if I put myself first? What if I, uh, stepped out of my comfort zone, even though I don't want to little things like that that I might not have particularly wanted to do a lot. And I'm, I'm, I don't really like venturing outside my bubble. And I think that's something I've had to come to terms with is the fact that only by venturing out of my bubble, am I going to really discover what I like and what I care about and what I'm excited about. So that's like my plan. (laughs) 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, relationships are so hard and that comes for romantic ones and friendships, I think. So I guess what are your plans for the future? We're, you know, obviously we're getting older or we're not going to be able to live with all of our best friends. Um, dating, where are you heading? Friendships, where are you heading? I don't know. That's the beauty about this. I mean, we talked about this at the beginning, but this is a diary. It's a diary of our kind of early 20s. And I mean, I don't know if I want to leave Chicago, if I want to stay in Chicago. Um, I think for myself, I really got to get out for a little bit, see what the actual world's about, see what um, is in store out there that isn't in the comfort of my uh, childhood home. (laughs) But I mean, I just want to experience the world with the best type of people. And I only want to put myself in those best type of experiences. Um, I mean, end goal is to live with Zoe, obviously. (laughs) No, Zoe and I interact so well together. Um, it's always, I'm always making dinner and I always go, Zoe, do you want some? And Zoe's like, yeah, I'll get some. Like I have to eat Liv's dinner. (laughs) (laughs) No, I love cooking for people. That's something that is just, you'll never, I'll never get sick of. I love sharing food with other people. I'm a big baker, especially when I'm stressed. Um, So I like to whip up these chocolate chip, double chocolate chip muffins. And they always were such a hot treat in our apartment. At least they, I thought they were. So (laughs) one thing that you will know about Liv, first of all, she's a fantastic cook. Um, everyone needs to know this about her. She's an amazing cook, cook, baker, any, anything that you can imagine that involves like making food, like Liv's great at it. I can think of so many amazing meals that Liv has made me, but one thing that I think really sums up Liv and I's relationship is the time that Liv made pumpkin pie. And I know this is a really hot take, but I do not like pumpkin pie. And (laughs) Liv made this pumpkin pie. She was so excited about it. And like, I'm just trying to be supportive of her, you know, like. I made many pumpkin pies though, guys. Before Zoe even continues, we bought a pumpkin pie, like t- uh, p- pumpkin pie mini tins. So it's um like a pumpkin pie uh, waffle maker. Um, and I bought it and I was like, I'm going to make pumpkin pie. I made a giant pumpkin pie. I made eight mini pumpkin pies, but continue with your story though. <laughs> and she's so excited about it. And she's literally still so excited about it. <laughs> and don't I don't understand. They're so cute. <laughs> and I am like happy. I'm happy for her. I'm I'm trying to support her, you know? And then like, we're all just sitting and she really just pulls out like, oh, like Zoe, you want some pumpkin pie? Like I'm going to put some on a plate for you. And she just like kind of hands me the plate and I'm like, okay. (laughs) So I like have to eat this pumpkin pie because I want to make me live happy. And I'm like, yeah, it's so good. And like, I'm sure that it was really good. Everyone else that ate it said it was really good. I just (laughs) don't like pumpkin pie. And then the next day, like Liv was like, she's like, oh, I'm going to have some more pumpkin pie. Like, Zoe, do you want some? I'm like, no, I don't really like it. She goes, but you ate it the other day. (laughs) (laughs) That's so cute. I felt so bad because I was like, yeah, I did. And like, (laughs) I thought I'd force fed her. You don't understand. I felt (laughs) guilty afterwards. I just like, because it was like, it was good. Like the crust was so good. I just don't love pumpkin pie like that. One of our roommates, Rachel also loves pumpkin pie. And she was really pumped about the fact that I had made so many. (laughs) Okay. So tell me about what else is coming next. Like your career, um, teaching. 
I don't know because we don't apply for jobs until almost the end of the semester. So we're on a little bit of a less tightly wound schedule than everyone else, but just as stressful. Don't you worry. Um, (laughs) I mean, I do have, I just got my sub license in today. So that's my good news, I guess, also of the day, but, um, or at least a high. Um, so I can sub after I graduate, um, just full-time for a little bit, make some money, make some cash. Um, and then I'm just going to get started, start applying. I'm probably going to apply in Chicago just for a little bit because of my comfort zone might apply elsewhere because something that you guys might not know is that with an Illinois license, like a teaching license, you're, you can almost teach anywhere else just because of how the standards are set up, which that's really exciting, which means I can work with a lot more people and work with a lot more, um, in different places, basically. Okay. So give me in 10 years, what do you think your life is going to look like? Give me your best guesses for the record. And that will, we'll be able to look back at this in a little while and be like, Oh, I don't know. Um, well, so we're, we're 22 now, right? Um, goal is to have gone to grad school. Don't know if I will have used that grad degree yet, but really want to go to grad school. I think it's really important. I think it's also something I want to do for myself. I want to continue to kind of work on that. Um, I really, my end goal one day is to be a school administrator. I really want to work as a principal somewhere. I just really like the idea of being able to put a positive influence on other people. So definitely teaching definitely still in teaching. I definitely also want to uh, be somewhat stable um, when it comes to um, where I live and also like financially, of course. Um, I think that everyone wants that in the future. No one wants to not know where things are. And I don't know, hopefully in a long-term relationship, we'll see. Not really my priority list right now. (laughs) Married, maybe. Uh, End goal is to be living somewhere with the best people surrounding me, potentially Chicago. That is, I think, where I want to end up full time. That doesn't mean I'm not open to exploring other things and I don't want to box myself up, but I love Chicago. I love the people that are around here. I love the city. I'm obsessed with the bean. I can't, I can't go without it. (laughs) Um, And then um, hopefully with someone that makes me happy, with people that make me happy, definitely still on that running grind. I want to be an active runner. (laughs) And then, I don't know, just kind of ready to begin the next chapter of my life. I think your 20s are one chapter and then you go into your 30s, which is the next chapter. And I want to feel like I'm in a spot where I can begin my next chapter without looking back and regretting missing out on anything. Yeah. I think those are some realistic goals. I'm excited to see where it heads. Yeah, me too. (laughs) Do you think there's anything that we miss that's really important to your being? Probably not. I mean, you'll learn more about me as we get through and I don't want to keep you guys. I don't know. I think I I think I'm just someone who's really excited. I mean, I'm really glad to be doing this interview so you guys can get to know me a little bit more um, as we're kind of beginning this journey. And I get to look back at this in 20 years and shake my head and giggle at the fact that I thought some of the stuff was uh, were realistic goals or something that I overshot and now I'm doing more than so that's something I'm excited about well with that being said I guess that's the end of our episode so thank you Liv for letting me I guess ask you all those questions and kind of being vulnerable about talking about your life you're welcome at any time for you to poke and prod at my brain well thank you guys so much for listening on this episode of quarantine norm and we will see you next Friday yeah absolutely guys have a great day
Bye. Bye.